0: Well, Heman, we're told in the Bible, was a musician and a singer. He played the trumpet and the cymbals. And one of the specific jobs that he was given was to lead God's people in giving thanks to God and belting out that refrain, for his love endures forever. That is a joy-filled song that anyone who knows the amazing love of God in Jesus would gladly join in with. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good His steadfast love endures forever. But I wonder if Heman ever had those days when he's singing that refrain and leading God's people in singing God's praises, and he believes it deep in his heart, but he's just not feeling it. I wonder if you've ever been there and what your instinct is, what your first response is, maybe to to not sing, maybe to doubt that you really belong here, maybe to think that you're the only one in the room who's not really feeling it, and maybe you should step out from the fellowship of God's people. Well, Heman does us a great service in giving us what is possibly the darkest song in all of the Scriptures. Psalm 88 is a cry of darkness and despair. It is a song calling on God to help. It's a song calling on God about his helplessness. Heman reminds us in Psalm 88 that when we know God's love but we just don't feel it, when it feels like we're smothered by darkness and despair, when we're cut off from God's steadfast love and it doesn't feel like it endures forever, but rather my despair endures forever, when we're feeling like that, We don't have to fake it till we make it. We don't have to pretend and we certainly don't have to remove ourselves from the fellowship of God's people or from a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Heman comes before God in the midst of darkness and despair and depends upon Him even when the darkness will not lift. He reminds us of the very mixed nature of life in this world, even as a Christian, even as someone who's known God's love and experienced God's love and is convinced of God's fatherly care, that we can have great moments of joy and delight and severe moments of darkness and despair, sometimes for long periods of time, sometimes chronically, sometimes with no end in sight. Psalm 88 comes to teach us what that is like and to remind us when we're in it that there is still hope. So these are the three questions that I simply want to ask of us as we look at Psalm 88 today. What does it say about the experience of darkness and despair? What does it say about God's role in darkness and despair? And what does it say about hope in the midst of darkness and despair. What does it say about the experience of darkness and despair? Did you see that for Heman, this darkness, this despair can feel inescapable and inexhaustible? Day and night I cry to you, he says to the Lord. I am overwhelmed with troubles. I am overwhelmed with all your waves. I'm confined and constricted. I cannot. Escape Darkness is my closest friend. That is not a particularly hope-filled way to end a psalm, is it? Darkness is my closest friend. This experience of darkness and despair for Haman is inescapable <clears throat> and it just seems inexhaustible. As he looks back on his life, he says in verse 15, "'From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair.'" (coughs) As he looks back on his life, so thick is the darkness and so overwhelming is the despair that he he cannot even see a glimmer of, of hope or a glimmer of joy even in his past, whether that's true in reality or simply how he feels in his experience.'" The end point is the same. He is confined and overwhelmed by darkness and despair and it doesn't seem like the sun will come out tomorrow. It's an important thing for us to realise, isn't it? That sometimes there are circumstances and situations where the sun will not come out there is illness and depression that will not lift. And sometimes there is no corner to turn. Sometimes there won't be a change that brings relief, that brings comfort, that brings joy. And one of the great goals of us talking about these things in church and even not skipping over something like Psalm 88 is to recognise and to acknowledge the fact that that is the case and that many in our midst, maybe even you today, are living through a darkness and a despair that just feels like it will not lift and it will not go away, that the sun will not come out tomorrow. And Heman reminds us that even when the darkness feels that thick and the despair feels that overwhelming, that it does not mean that you've been cut off from the steadfast love of God, which does endure forever. Sadly, too many people in this world think that particularly for the Christian, who has come to know the joy of knowing the forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life, sadly, too many people think that therefore darkness and despair bouts of depression, seasons of depression shouldn't be the experience of the Christian. And I want to say to you this morning that that's simply not the case. To have a theology like that, that has no place for depression, that has no place for suffering, not only does that dismiss the teaching of the Bible and what Jesus Himself went through, But it also dismisses the reality of living in a fallen world with fallen bodies, with broken minds and hearts, longing for the redemption that Jesus died to give us, but now we wait with patient hope and expectation for. Uh, I heard a Christian leader this week say that he just can't build a theology That includes suffering. And I want to say that that's completely unbiblical, that's completely unchristian, that's completely untrue. Because we follow a crucified Messiah, the one who stepped into our suffering, the one who bore our darkness and despair in order to give us the light of his salvation. The hope of sharing in his glory. Darkness and despair can feel inescapable. It can feel inexhaustible. It can come from the experience of your own sin. It can come from the experience of simply living in a broken and fallen world. It can be bound up with your history. It can be bound up with your brain chemistry. It can be bound up with your circumstances and your personality can be bound up with so many different things but to say that you cannot build a theology that includes depression, that includes suffering is to dismiss so much of the Bible and to dismiss so much of our human experience. And Heman does us a great service in giving us this very dark song to remind us of its reality and to remind us of the reality that for some of us The darkness won't lift. The sun might not come out tomorrow. And so what does that say about God's role in darkness and despair? Well, one of the great glimmers of hope, the very dim glimmer of hope that we find in this psalm is there in verse 1, where Heman recognises that Lord, you are the God who saves me. That God is the God who saves, the God who rules. And so it's right to call out to him in the midst of darkness and despair. It's necessary to call out to him in the midst of darkness and despair and to recognise that God's sovereignty isn't checked at the door when we're experiencing bouts of depression or when we're living under the, the cloud of darkness and despair. Heman recognises that God's sovereignty is very much involved, so much so that he says that these are God's waves, that God has sent this, that God is in charge of this, that God could relieve us of this if he so chose. But God, in his wisdom and in his sovereignty and in his fatherly love and care, often chooses not to relieve us of these burdens to not lift us immediately out of the pit to not dispel the darkness at the first sign of struggle and as we said last week often it's because in the midst of those times it's it's in the in the very midst of those bouts of depression in the the moments of darkness and despair that god turns our hearts away from ourselves to cry out to him and to depend upon him to cling to him even by the skin of our teeth. And so, recognising that God is not absent when we're experiencing these bouts of depression, this darkness and despair, that God is still reliable and that God is still the God who saves. Because as we think about what this God who is sovereign and this God who saves, when we think about what he has done for us in and through the Lord Jesus, we recognise that he stepped into the darkness in order to bring the light of life. We're reminded at the start of Matthew's Gospel that all of us, whether we feel the darkness or whether we feel despair or not, all of us live under the shadow of death And so in one way or another are walking through a very dark world, a world marred by sin, broken by our rebellion, a world under God's judgment and his wrath. And it's into the midst of that darkness that Jesus stepped so that those living in darkness would see the great light The light of salvation and relief, the light of life and hope in Jesus. One of the things that makes Psalm 88 so hard is that unlike so many of the Psalms that we've seen in these past few weeks, where there's a problem, where there's a turning point and a solution, in Psalm 88 there's no corner to turn. There is no comforting truth to stand upon. There's no solution in sight. This is a great picture of life under the shadow of death, life under a cloud of despair. For this kind of darkness and this kind of despair, there really is only one answer. There really is only one hope. There really is only one solution, which is the resurrection to eternal life, life beyond the grave, life in a renewed future, life in the glory of Jesus. And so as we look at Heman's question in verse 10, do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? He's asking the question, saying, how is it that people cut off from you, walking through a living death and dying and being put in the grave? How how does that bring you praise? Well, the response echoes through the ages to us that Jesus is risen from the grave. That the sun did come up and rise on the third day. And the light of life has been shone into the darkness to dispel the shadow of death and to give us the hope of eternal life. In Matthew 27 we read, From noon until three in the afternoon as Jesus died on the cross, darkness came over the whole land... And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open, and many bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Jesus, the light of life, took upon himself the darkness of death and judgment and hell. He experienced the God-forsakenness of judgment in order that you and I might know the light and hope of his life. Because as Jesus takes the darkness of death and sin and judgment on himself, the the temple curtain is torn in two, the, the way of relationship and a future is made possible and new life is given even there immediately as tombs are opened and bodies are raised. And for some of us, living through darkness and despair that seems like it just won't lift... Here is the hope that cannot be quenched. Sorry, that cannot be uh, snuffed out. Here is the hope that cannot be smothered even by depression. That there is a resurrection to eternal life and a future where there will be no more darkness, but there will be the infinite light of Jesus' glory. There will be no more death or crying or mourning or pain, but only the calming presence and the eternal provision of the Good Shepherd who will lead us to springs of living water. As those who live on this side of Jesus' death and His resurrection, even when there isn't a corner to turn and it seems like the sun won't come up tomorrow and the darkness will not lift... Does God show his wonders to the dead and do their spirits rise up and praise him? Yes, because Jesus bore that darkness in his death on the cross. That one day we will rise to praise him. And so we continue to call to the God of salvation, the sovereign Lord. And we continue to trust him with our present darkness and our future hope. And we keep pleading for moments of joy where we might delight with God's people in the steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever. That we saw at the cross where darkness was poured out on the Lord Jesus. That we might walk in the light of life. Amen.